everyone. Welcome to the Empowering Her podcast. I'm Melody Pormorati, and today we are doing something a little different. We're shaking things up every once in a while when I'm a guest on a podcast, and I feel like the conversation is so important and uh, so necessary for all of our listeners to hear. I like to do an event where I bring it to the Empowering Her podcast. So I had a beautiful conversation with Christy Katzman on the She's Unscripted podcast, and we highlighted so many pieces of the female empowerment experience, and I'm so excited for you guys to take a listen. Christy is incredible. The conversation was flowing, and I think I could have spoken to her for hours. So I hope you guys enjoy, and if you do, by all means, uh, take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram, on your social, and be sure to leave us both reviews on Empowering Her and on She's Unscripted, and be sure to check out her podcast because every episode is solid gold. All right, enjoy. Hi, Melody. Hey, how are you? I'm so excited to welcome you to the show. And I have to tell my audiences before I throw to you to do a little introduction, how I connected with you, because I think this is part of what you and I both love, and it's women supporting women. And I've had this conversation with other podcasting women that I know, but I think the greatest thing that has come out of podcasting for me is the other women that I've connected with. And you were on my friend Erin Ramsey's podcast, You're Such a Catch. Before the episode even aired, she told me that you and I needed to connect because we have kind of the same thing going on. I heard your episode. I couldn't agree more. And I'm thrilled to have you on today to share your story with my audience. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. And I I honestly feel like through podcasting, through Instagram, through social media, like there are so many different sets of lenses we could look at everything, but I feel like I have met some of the most incredible women through these different modalities and I couldn't be more grateful. So I'm so thankful to be here today. It's sort of a surprise, isn't it? I didn't think about that piece of it when I got into podcasting. I had a message that I wanted to get out. I love sharing other women's stories. I somehow didn't think that it would be this connector for me with other women on the podcasting and hosting side, but it has totally been that, and it's been the best surprise. I love it. And you know, you get deep. That's the exciting part. Like you sit together, you have a conversation. It's not surface stuff. We go right in. So it's just like a beautiful, magical synergy that's created in that time and space. You are so right. And that makes so much sense. Because I think it definitely takes a certain personality type to be a podcaster, right? <laughs> I think you have to want to dig in because to create a show, you have to dig into the content, right? This is not a, a quick Instagram live. We're telling a story. So I love that. So Melody, I'll just get into chatting with you. But before I do that, I want to have you introduce yourself. And then we'll take the conversation from there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm Melody Pormorati and I thrive on wearing many different hats in my life. I'm definitely a multi-passionate entrepreneur. I am a twin girl mama to 15-year-old girls. And what can I share? I'm a podcaster of the Empowering Her podcast. Uh, I've written two books, the most recent Empowered Women, Empower Girls, which I'm super psyched about. And I would say that my greatest passion project ever and my life purpose, which I know we're going to talk about later, is this program that I've created, Girl Life. It is my mission to introduce girls to their superpowers. I feel like they are literally the future and I want to give them all the tools and arm them with all of the empowerment available to them to live their lives as authentically as possible and to share their light. So that's a little bit about me. Right there is why Aaron knew that we would align because I always say I'm doing this because I, so I'm in my 40s and I would love women, particularly girls, as you're saying, to kind of get what I'm trying to do younger in life so that they can live more of their life as their most authentic self. I've been saying I want women to tear up the script. And this is why when I hear you say you want to teach girls and women to rewrite the script, I had an aha moment where I thought, this is amazing. We're kind of after the same thing. So I totally get that. I think it's such an incredible thing to do 
I think the things that become most meaningful for us is when we can see beyond ourselves in our own life. I want women kind of our age to realize it's not too late to rewrite the script if that's what they want to do. But more than that, I want generations of women coming up to start that from the beginning so they get to live their whole lives as their most authentic self. So mm, I love so everything you're doing. I, I love, love that. Amen. <laughs> Lights me up. So let's let's start there, Melody, because this is what I first tuned in with you, and that is your podcast, Empowering Her Podcast, which I love the name. And then this book you've just released, Empowered Women, Empower Girls. So yes. you dive in where you want. I love to talk about both of those and sort of your inspiration behind them and what they're all about. Absolutely. So I really do believe that one of my biggest messages to share is that empowered women empower girls. We've all heard this saying, empowered women empower women. And that is so true. And I love it. And I'm all about it. But because of what I do in the world, I really wanted women to know, like we all have this big, beautiful desire to empower girls, whether they are our daughters, whether they are students, our clients, and sometimes we we neglect to see that the greatest form of empowerment that we can show is to literally lead by example and model all of the traits that we so deeply wish to see in our girls. And that's why I called the book Empowered Women, Empowered Girls. It's a guide to modeling courage, confidence, and self-love for the next generation and I, I honestly think that that's the greatest gift we have to give as women. And it's this beautiful win-win scenario that's created when we're going out there and chasing our own dreams, when we are speaking to ourselves in loving ways, when we are being kind and gentle with ourselves, our girls are noticing. They're following our cues of what it is to be a woman and what it is to be a girl. And so this whole book really unpacks all of the ways that we as women can actually elevate and up-level ourselves, knowing that the ripple effect is actually that we are, in essence, really empowering our girls. That's really huge. Because I think a lot of us know that feeling or the realities of, I think, our generation, just in our own mothers, but also culturally, mm -hmm. it was sort of a do what I say, not what I do. Yes. But the thing is, we end up doing what we saw modeled. So funny because I just did uh, on my Facebook page, I just did this presentation. How do we empower girls in 2022? Like, how do we really, really do it? And the first point I made is that these girls are going to do what we do. They're not going to do what we say. Exactly what you just said. And it's like, we need to stop preaching, stop lecturing, stop telling them what to do, and instead embody it for ourselves and know that they are noticing whether they even realize it or not. Yeah, it's really, really good. It's really important. I think this even tags on to, I know the whole self-care movement kind of gets a lot of brush off, if you will, or people think that's kind of fluffy, but it's not because it's really about what you just said. So I, I do believe Mothers want their daughters to have a better life than they did. But historically, they've done that more by, I don't want to say preaching, but, you know, trying to provide opportunity and all of that stuff, but not by working on themselves. Yes. So I love that you said that because I do think it's just the quickest way to make an impact because your kids are going to model what you do, like it or not. And I think totally. this is another element of going back to that self-care and self-nurturing and what that really means and the ripple effect it has on those around you, particularly the next generation, which is what a lot of us are are working for and living for at the end of the day. I think if you ask a lot of parents, it's a big part of why they choose to be parents. They're trying to create a better next generation, right? Yeah, 100%. And it all starts with us, right? We look outside of ourselves to create that and the truth is like that source is within and that's yes. where we need to first and foremost put our focus. So good. Do you want to share anything else that you touched on when you did that live and that conversation of how we really empower girls today? Yeah. I mean, there, there really is so much, like there are so many portions that we speak to. One of them was the words that we use. We talked mm. about how we can literally speak things into and out of existence 
that's how much power and energy our words hold. So I was actually sharing like our family is literally like one by one. We're all getting COVID just like everybody else on the planet right now, right? So wild. So wild, so crazy, but it's our reality, right? Mm -hmm. And so I, I was remembering that when I was going through it, there were moments where I'd be like, oh my God, I'm so sick. I feel so sick. And I would catch myself because I was saying these words around my daughters. And I was like, I need to reframe that. Like mm -hmm. I need to repackage that. What is another way? Because I, I was explaining in the presentation yesterday, everything that comes after the words I am is literally creating your reality. So we got to be super intentional about the reality that we wish to observe and create for ourselves. So I, I switched up my language and I said, I'm healing. I am healing. And that carries with it a different kind of energy, an energy that I want to back up and an energy that you know, helps me to actually get back into my healing and to take actions that are going to help me heal and do things that are going to help me heal. So that was one of the points I shared that everyone was really resonating with. They're like, it's so amazing how with one small change up, you're literally not only making yourself feel better, but you're modeling that for your girls because you don't want them when they're feeling sick. And now they are because it was me who had COVID a few weeks ago. And now one of my daughters has it. I don't want her going around saying, I'm so sick. This is so bad. I mean, it's okay to feel what you're feeling, but it's also important to focus on getting better. That's really good. And as you were talking, this idea popped in my head and I want to get your thoughts on it. It's interesting because I think as we're learning about manifesting and claiming what we want, we're sort of re reading and taught by coaches or whoever else is giving you the information to do that sort of say, I am, right? Because you want to claim it as if it's happening. What's interesting to me is kind of that example you gave of being sick and I am sick. It's almost like when we're trying to manifest the good stuff or the things we want, we have to consciously think about how we're phrasing it. However, when it's something negative or that we're afraid of, we naturally seem to use I am. Why does the negativity and claiming that seem to come so much more naturally to us than claiming our dreams and the good stuff, the positive stuff? Absolutely. I mean, I, I think there's so much conditioning, right? Yes. Like you're all about changing the script. Well, what are the scripts and stories that we have subscribed to over the years? What have we heard? What are the messages that have been passed down to us? Unfortunately, people tune way more into drama than into excitement and joy and happiness. And we want to change this narrative, right? Yes, you're right. Sometimes it's easier. We think it's easier to reach for the negativity or the more difficult feeling thoughts. But that's why we do the work that we do, right? Because in every moment, we have the opportunity to choose again. And conversations like this, podcasts like yours, are beautiful reminders to us that there's so much power that lives within us to change the focus, to change the perspective. In one of, and I know I'm jumping around here, but we, we run girls empowerment workshops and we teach other women to do the same. And in one of our workshops, it's called I am responsible for the world I see. And we are literally teaching girls that in every single moment, they get to choose the way that they wish to look at the world. And we do this fun activity with them where we give them these glasses that they kind of like deck out and daz bedazzle up. And we say like, when you're having a negative thought, we want you to put on these bedazzled glasses and ask yourself, what's another way that I can look at this situation or look at this challenge or look at the way I'm feeling? Because again, like we, you know, when we learn something new, we want to pass it on. We want to show it to our next generation because that's where real change happens when we are focusing on the people who are our future. Okay, Melody, I'm obsessed with that idea. I'm making those glasses with my nieces. Is it wrong that I want to make a pair of those glasses for myself? It is so not wrong. In fact, it's the most right thing that you can do. If that if that if that feels aligned with you, like what a great reminder, right? Oh. Like put it on your coffee table every time you're feeling down and blue and you're like, okay, what's another way I could look at this? How can I feel better right now? <laughs> I am not even joking. Throw out the New Year's vision board, okay? <laughs> Let's all be making New Year's glasses. I'm totally doing this. I'm gonna post a picture on Instagram so you can see it. That is Holy such God, a clever so idea. <laughs> oh my gosh, and I love that too because, you know, maybe 
you might laugh at it at first, but I think it's so adorable. But I think just the act, and I can see how this would be not just for kids, but for adults of stopping and actually having something that you're physically doing gives you the push to kind of that nudge, hey, shift your perspective here. Love it, love it, love it. Thank you. <laughs> so Thank you. cute. Right. Like we all need a physical reminder sometimes. And I always say like in our workshops, there's always a craft, an empowering craft because the girls go home and we want them to have a physical reminder of the message so that they can remember the inner tool that they uncovered that day and continue using it throughout their days and weeks and lives. So good. I, I love this idea of changing the narratives. I'm curious, what other narratives do you feel like are not serving girls or that we need to collectively kind of work on to change? Oh my, there are so many. I'm like sadly, I, right? On so many. Yeah. I mean, just little messages that that I remember hearing growing up. I remember hearing, you know, men don't men aren't attracted to really strong women, right? Mm-hmm. Like what a message. Like don't be strong if you want to find a soulmate. It's just when we unpack that, it's just so insane. Crazy things like marry rich or um, be a good girl. This is Mm. one of the ones I talk about a lot in my book. And it's like, we're constantly being told to be good and we're not really being given a definition of what it is to be good. And I remember polling our Facebook community and asking them, when you were young and you were told to be a good girl, what did that actually mean? What did the adults, the well-meaning adults in your life actually mean when they told you to be a good girl? And the answers were so eye-opening. Things like be seen and not heard. Don't use your voice. Don't, you know, share an opinion if it's not the most popular opinion. It was all essentially telling us to turn the volume down on our inner truth, to turn the volume down on our authenticity, and just to kind of be more like everybody else. It spoke such volumes to me, and I really wanted to bring attention to it And I want us, instead of teaching our girls to be good, let's teach them to be powerful. Let's change the narrative. Let's let's start preaching a brand new message, one that teaches them to lean into all that is incredible about them instead of dimming their light. Really good. And I think the good girl narrative needs to go. I start my trailer for this podcast with that that I'm a recovering good girl. And I'm not surprised that you heard that in the polls because I think a lot of us were raised with that message and still. So I love this idea of teaching girls to be powerful. What does that mean exactly? Like, how do you coach them into that? Well, I truly believe that being powerful is being the most real, most authentic expression of who you are. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. Like we can actually be real, all of us, us women, men, girls, but like all of us, if we can lean into our truth, then that's really where our power source is, isn't it? Like we're doing the opposite of asking them to put mask upon mask upon mask upon themselves the way we were told to do when we were being told to be good girls. And we are really inviting them to get in touch with their intuition. Like we teach girls to be more specific. You know, what is your intuition? Well, it's that inner voice of knowing, or it's the voice of your heart. Uh, I don't remember ever learning about emotional intelligence. I don't ever remember learning about intuition. And meanwhile, it's really at the cornerstone of everything I do is as an entrepreneur leaning into my own intuition, as a mother, as a parent leaning into my own intuition, as a, a spouse leaning into my intuition when it comes to navigating our relationship. It is one of the greatest superpowers and tools that we have available to us And yet we don't teach on how to use it. So I may have been well into my 20s and 30s when I finally learned how to really understand and harness the power of that voice, that inner voice. But we teach girls as young as four and five years old, let's get in touch with that inner voice of knowing like, how does it feel? Like, how does it feel when you're excited about something? How does it feel when something actually doesn't feel right? We get in touch with that voice and it helps us to make the amazing moments last longer. And it helps us to make moments where we feel like maybe we're at risk of something bad happening, or there's a friend who's not looking out for our best interest. That voice 
if we allow it to, is always speaking to us and we get to use it to live out a life filled with peace and ease and growth. Well, and women's intuition is a superpower. So glad that you said it. And I think you're right. We weren't taught that. And I think because this is a, a women's thing that perhaps that hasn't gotten the real clout that it should. But I can't believe that didn't occur to me because hello, <laughs> number one superpower. I'm curious, do you find that girls today have more of an understanding of intuition and being in touch with their feelings? Or do you feel like they still need to be encouraged and taught those things? I actually think they need it now more than ever. Wow. Okay. And the reason is because there is unfortunate, fortunately and unfortunately, when you and I first got on and we were chatting, we were saying, you know, there's so much beauty in, in social media and connecting with like-minded women and all of the good stuff that comes fr from it. But for our children, I think it poses a lot of challenges. They are constantly looking at these devices and they're seeing images that have been filtered. They're seeing images of friends hanging out where maybe they weren't invited, images that are causing a lot of FOMO, fear of missing out, and then add COVID to the mix and it becomes even harder. Things are tough for our girls right now. And so I think they need now more than ever to be in um, spaces, safe spaces where they are taught a little bit more about their essence and about not being too worried and preoccupied with what everyone else is doing, but really tuning more into what they need to be doing to survive and to thrive. That makes so much sense. And I have to say, I am so glad I did not grow up in the era of social media. Oh my <laughs> goodness. I was just listening to an episode on the Happiness Lab with Brene Brown. Mm -hmm. And she's talking about comparison. This is ironic because I just listened to it this morning when I was getting ready. And she says that it's inherently human for us to compare. We basically can't not do it, but it's in how we process that to much like you're saying. But can you imagine growing up with social media and the filtered, perfected world that it is and having that be your standard of comparison and not being taught tools to navigate that differently? Whoa. I mean, oh my goodness. You're so right. I I didn't think of that, but absolutely yes, yes. It's a big one. I think even as women, I think that we can get triggered by something we see on social media. Like as, as people who are in this space of personal growth and empowerment, we can still get tripped up. Oh, so 100%. How those little kids feel, right? So yeah. they need the tools. Yeah. I, I want to pull a couple of threads out on some things you said as well, because it's interesting to me too, because these topics have come up and I think almost every interview that I've done and I love it. <laughs> and it's interesting yourself and how we, I think as grown women, a lot of us have lost that. So I love that this is something that you're instilling in girls. So that's something that they can cultivate and that is tied in with intuition. But every story I've shared, which my guests all have very powerful stories, I'm very grateful, but they've all talked about having to learn to retrust themselves and what an important thing that is. Trust is kind of everything. So I love that. And then I, I love that you're teaching girls how to feel their emotions. Because I think emotions and feeling things and being connected with our bodies is problematic for a lot of us. And it's where we get lost. What amazing tools for girls to have in their toolboxes as they start to develop themselves. I, I feel like that gives me chills because it makes me feel like the sky truly is a limit for them if they can navigate those waters. I love that. That's so oh, beautiful. Amen to all of it. Yes, that's what we're here to do. I'm I'm a girl's girl. Can you tell? <laughs> I, I can tell and I love it so much. It's it's funny because I don't know if you caught what I posted on social media this morning. I I wrote something along the lines of, you know, notice the people who who share with you when someone has complimented you. And like, those are your people. We need a little bit more of that. And, and here you are raising women up and highlighting women. So yes, I can totally tell that you're a girl's girl. And I, I love it. I'm so here for it. I did see that post and you know, I liked it. Yeah, I, I think so. I remember <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love. Okay, and I'm so glad that you said that actually because it reminded me of something that I wanted to ask you along these lines. So it's interesting to me because I do think there tends to be two schools of thought or two pools of women, and I don't want to generalize, but for the sake of this conversation, I will. I think there is like a girl's girl 
women supporting women. And there's the kind of competition pool that feels like I have to be better than another woman. Or if she has that, I can't. What's interesting to me is I am a girl's girl. So I think that's who I surround myself with. So it's actually taken me quite a bit of time to realize that not all women support women because that's the women that I know. And it sort of blows my mind. However, I can think back to how much I didn't like high school and realize it was because of quote unquote mean girls, which was the competition pool. But I was such a kind of innocent, kind, take it at face value girl that I didn't understand that that was just a different school of thought. And I took it all very personally as me being flawed. You know, now I can see so clearly, but it never occurred to me that someone would think that they had to take someone else down to get ahead. And I think this is more problematic in the girl world. So what has your experience been with that sort of thing? Do you have personal experience with the sort of mean girl mentality Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like it all comes down to abundance mentality versus scarcity mentality. I think that um, a lot of it comes down to the messages that were passed down to us from our parents. I think that, you know, some of us heard messages like, you know, if she wins or if she's successful, there's less success for you. Uh, there's less growth for you. If she is celebrating something or has done something amazing, it's like almost like they're seeing it as a pie and there's less of that pie for you. And so there were messages like that. And of course, messages like that are going to really bring out a competitive nature in anyone. It's we're only human. If that's what we're learning, then that's what we are emulating. And vice versa, like the the opposite of that is growing up in an environment where there's abundance, where we know that if she wins, you win. And if she's celebrating, you're celebrating. And if she's done something amazing, it's only a reflection of what's possible for all of us. And that's what we're trying to tune into. I've definitely seen it in my workshops. We've definitely had to do workarounds. I've definitely had facilitators of our program saying that even in their workshops, they're witnessing that. And that's when we know like that we're called to take it deeper and to talk more about women supporting women and girls supporting girls and the magic that can actually happen when we do that for each other. I mean, I think in my own life, for sure, when I was growing up, I, you know, I had like jealousy and envy. And it wasn't until I got really intentional about understanding where that's coming from that I was able to transform it. And I can honestly say, like, any success that I've been able to achieve in my life has now been because of the mentors I've surrounded myself with because of the ways I look at women and I'm like in awe of them. And I'm like, wow, go her, good for her. And you know, if she can create that, I wonder what I can create. So I'm really looking at it through a lens of inspiration instead of a lens of competition. And I feel like that change up is everything for us as women. We're all about female empowerment here, but if we still have women bringing other women down, well, then how can we expect men to not bring women down? Mm -hmm. So we've got some important work to do and women supporting women and that whole movement is imperative for us to get to where we need to be. I love that idea of looking at other women through a lens of inspiration. I think that's a really good filter. I think that's a good one. Best filter, right? (laughs) Yeah, best filter. That's that's a filter we want you to use, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Before, there was so much good stuff I wanted to pull out there. But before I go on, I want to kind of tag back to your book here, The Empowered Women, Empowered Girls. Can you just talk briefly on the qualities that you mentioned that you want to see modeled for girls? Because I thought those were really good. Oh, courage, confidence, and self-love, right? Yes, courage, confidence, and self-love. Yeah, because I was like, ooh, ping, ping, ping. Those are good. (laughs) Yeah, that's, you know, going back to us as women, like, are we flexing our own courageous muscles? Are we leading with confidence? Are we the confident sheroes of our own lives? And self-love, I mean, it's everything. I know you talk about it a lot. It's at the cornerstone of every healthy relationship that we're going to have. It's at the cornerstone of anything that we want to do in this world. So modeling those things for me, I thought was imperative. And when I became a mom, when I found out I was pregnant with twin girls, I really scaled it back and I took a 
deep, long look in the mirror. And I was like, am I the role model? I wish I had when I was younger, who am I going to be for my girls? And that was just such a moment where I was like, okay, I'm like so committed to my own self growth. That's exactly when my whole journey of self-love began when I found out I was having my girls. Now, I don't want anyone to wait to become a mother or a parent or anything to start on their self-love journey. That just happens to be where it all began for me. And of course, that that's what brings up empowered women, empower girls. I had to become the empowered woman I wanted to be to be able to bring that empowerment to my daughters. So for you, it was really having girls that sparked wanting to put this all together in a way that could be empowering to girls. I think it was having girls and being a girl mm-hmm. and just remembering my own journey. I had a lot of anxiety as a young girl. I uh, had a lot of self-image issues and challenges and it wasn't fun. It wasn't fun and I didn't wish it on any other girl. And when I started reclaiming my own power, the power was always there. I just didn't know it. When you discover something good, you kind of want to scream it off of the rooftops. And in doing work with women as an empowerment coach and seeing that they too struggled with the same challenges, I was like, okay, well, we need to do something where we are scaling it back and really supporting our girls to be powerful girls and then powerful women instead of having to go through all the things and then unlearn in our womanhood all of the fears and shame and doubt and guilt that we picked up on in our girlhood, let's set our girls up for power and strength from the beginning so when they are reaching our age, they're thriving. What do you see in your daughters that makes you most proud? Wow, that's so good. They harness their inner voice like it's nobody's business. <laughs> like, Whereas I, as a young girl... I would never give my opinion. I would never raise my hand. I would never use my voice. It was it was very sad. My daughters are the exact opposite. They are they're extremely true to themselves, so much so that I'm still learning from them and I'm sure that I always will. They're in a band where they're practicing their passions. They're like playing their music unapologetically, showing up with that confidence and courage. I mean, so there's so much. I'm so proud of them. And, that makes and me I, so happy. It, it I love hearing so that. Happy. And I don't want to take credit for it, but again, empowered women, empower girls. So me claiming my own empowerment and being on that journey, I know had a little something to do with the spark that, that's been lit within them. A little something. The oh, rest absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I'm going to quote you now. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) It's related to what we're talking about. So this is a good time to bring it up. But you said, be the woman you would love to look up to. Yeah. So what does that look like for you? Being committed to growing every day and evolving every day, being okay with making mistakes, being okay with failing forward, being loving to myself, no matter what, being loving, no matter what. But ultimately, it's it's that just every day is a new opportunity to be a better version of yourself. And some days we'll live up to that and other days we won't. And it's completely okay. But just commitment to that evolution. Being okay with making mistakes is such a powerful evolution. Oh my God, yes. Boy, do we beat ourselves up, don't we? Especially um, as women. Oh, oh, so much. It's so much. I do it so much less today than I did it previously. I'm getting so much better at making mistakes. <laughs> right? Like I I don't I don't allow it to take over me. I have a moment, I feel the feeling, I feel whatever is up and then I release it with love. And you know, like it feels pretty damn good. Yeah, and that's why I wanted to pull that out. I'm so glad that you said that because I wasn't thinking that's what you were going to say, but I think it's so huge and that can be such a liberation for women. I'm 44 and I think I'm just softening into being a little kinder to myself with the mistakes. So it's a journey, but I think we might not think of that as being something we want to look up to, but it's certainly something that I think all of us could benefit from in our lives. What about any any mentors of yours or women that you look up to in your life or even that we would know? Who, who sort of role models for you? 
Oh my goodness. There are so many people. Um, Louise Hay was a big mm, role model for me. And, you know, even from the other realm, she's still an amazing role model for me. I accredit every, like this whole journey started when I read the book, You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. So she's a big one. I love Marie Forleo as mm. like an entrepreneurial mentor, like someone who I just love her heart-centered mission. And I believe that my program is all about heart-centeredness and like doing work in the world that you love, that adds value to the planet, but also that you can earn and like sustain yourself with. So a lot of that messaging came from her. Who else? I love um, Kara Allwill. She is the author of Girl Code and like she owns the place. She's been an amazing mentor for me as I've written my book. She was actually my coach. So yeah, like- I I love her. That's so cool. She was your coach for writing your book. Yeah, she's fantastic. I mean, I didn't even know it at the time when I started working with her. I started working with her just really to like hone in on my message of my business and to get creative about the way I run my business. Cause she's also a super multi-passionate entrepreneur. So I really wanted to, to learn from her and grow with her in that way. But it just so coincided with my book coming out and being published. So she brought so much insight and wisdom to that process as well. Those are really good ones. I love all those women. I think it's really fun. It's great to have mentors in your actual life. Right. But I do encourage girls and women to think about role models that aren't necessarily in their life and don't even need to be alive still and read their works, read about them, read about their lives. I think that's a really fun process to do, you know, the sky is the limit. I think you learn a lot about yourself that way. Like, and it's also about removing limits, right? (laughs) Don't make your world big, right? You don't have to limit yourself to your, to your own little bubble. Okay. So as we wrap up here, I love to have my guests share on my four pillars of reclamation. So what I'm doing is really trying to help women reclaim their most authentic selves. And I like to have tangible things and tools that women can use to do this. So I've sort of come up with four pillars that I feel like generally need some work when we're lacking clarity. And those are joy, wellness, purpose, and self-love. And we've talked about some of these a little bit, so we can kind of skip around. Joy, I think, is one I like to talk about first because it's one that often gets lost and overlooked. And I know you've also kind of talked about trying to discover for yourself what lights you up. And I think that's related to joy. So what brings you joy? Oh, there are so many things. Um, Really great conversations with my sisters or my girlfriends. Spending time with my husband, doing something fun definitely brings me joy. Laughing with my daughters, right? Like just even if it's because we're watching like an amazing episode of Ted Lasso and we're just laughing about it together. I love Ted Lasso. Oh my God. I think everyone has something to learn from that man and from that show. (laughs) So there's so much there. So, you know, there's that kind of joy. And it's like, I'm really trying to prioritize joy. I I think there's always work and there always are endless to-do lists and, and what needs to get done. If there's an opportunity for joy, like if a friend invites me out to lunch or I have an opportunity to do something awesome, I'm learning to say yes to that and to make the rest of my life work around it because I think we need a little bit more of that with the hustle culture and our laptops being available to us, working from home, working from our telephones, we can literally be working 24-7. So I'm really prioritizing joy and allowing the rest of my life to kind of fall where it will around that. Same. And I think it's a shift that a lot of us need to make. We've minimized joy. And the issue is not only, like you said, it's it's really important, but we've given it less importance than other things. And stifling your joy, if you think it's not important, and it is going to affect those things that you think are quote unquote important. You know, career, family, connection. If you're not cultivating joy, those things are going to start to fade as well. What about wellness? Do you have any things that you swear by or rituals, routines that you want to share? Wellness, I think it's like, 
I immediately want to talk to you about like my green juice and like the coconut oil that I use on my face every night. But like what I'd really rather talk about when it comes to wellness is like balance mm-hmm. and the things that I get excited. Like in the, this morning, I was like so excited to pour my cup of coffee. It brings me joy and it's it's a wellness practice for me because the way it makes me feel is so good. And I know that that might sound a little bit funny, but I think wellness is about what we need in that moment and what lights us up in that moment. And that cup of coffee was just, ooh. I'm laughing because it's like you're reading my mind right now. You have no idea how much joy that cup of coffee in the morning brings me. I pop out of bed because I know I'm going to get my, I invest in really great coffee and it's such a happy point in my day. So it doesn't sound silly to me at all, but I love what you said about wellness being, giving ourselves what we need in that moment. I think that's really powerful. Totally. Sometimes it's about moving your body. Sometimes it's about your cup of coffee. And sometimes it's a really good cry. And and we just need to kind of be in tune with what it is for us in the moment. Good stuff. Okay, purpose. We've been talking all about this, but is there anything else you want to add to what purpose means to you? I think this is probably the biggest one for me purpose. Like it is at the cornerstone of everything that I do. I I know I'm talking about getting up in the morning for my coffee, but what really ignites me, what really energizes me every morning is when I wake up and I think of what I get to do, like how lucky I am that I get to do what I do in the world. And there's no coincidence. I created that. I created what it is that I'm doing today. I take full responsibility for it. There was a time where I wasn't doing what I loved and I wasn't operating in my purpose. And I know we kind of touched on this, but what I do in the world is I I get to run those girls empowerment workshops, but what we've turned it into over the last six years is an entrepreneurial and soul-centered endeavor where I train other women to run those workshops in their communities across the globe and to earn for the good work that they're doing. So I get lit up by the Zoom calls where I get to talk to women about how they can go out there and introduce girls to their superpowers, how they can show up as their most empowered selves for the girls that they serve. That truly is one of my greatest joys. And, you know, it brings in joy, wellness, and purpose, all of it together. Yeah, it sure does. I was going to have you talk about this next, but since we kind of went there, because I know the coaching program, which is what you're talking about, right? And then it's to allow other women to lead these girls empowerment workshops. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that or where someone can go if they're interested to learn more? Because I think it's really a cool idea. Yeah, absolutely. For more information, getgirlpower.com is my website. You can get all the info there. But really, it's just about like, I think that there are so many people out there in the world doing work that A, doesn't elevate them, B, doesn't add value to the planet. And they're just kind of doing it for the paycheck because they need to. And I talk about unscripted and rewriting the narratives. I want women to do work in the world that lights their soul on fire. That's that's my greatest mission. And because this work does that exactly that for me by empowering girls, I turned it into the certification program where a lot of women, we have 175 women across the globe running these workshops and stepping into their platform as a girls empowerment leader, going out there, not only running the workshops that we provide, but really running a soul-centered business. And we give them all the tools to do that. And yeah, truly my greatest purpose. It's really quite brilliant. I love this idea of setting your soul on fire, but then you're setting other souls on fire, right? It's such a mission-driven purpose. So it's so good. Curious, what what happens at these workshops? Basically, so whether it's the workshops I'm running or the ones the other women are running, there is a little bit of a format, but we are always open to shifting it if there's a girl in our workshop who has a certain need or brings up a topic that we need to really move in that direction and dig in deep about. But generally the way that it works is we welcome the girls. We have something that we call circle time and we just kind of talk about how important it is for us to understand that we get to choose the thoughts that we think. This is something I was never taught growing up. And I 
when I learned that we get, like, we have that power, there's no higher power putting those thoughts into our brain. It's not God. It's not our parents. It's us. And when girls learn that they can choose their thoughts, their minds are just blown. So we started off that way. And then every workshop has a different theme. So one is gratitude, one is self-love, one is intuition and finding your voice, becoming your own BFF. So we're like digging into different topics each week. And then we do an empowering craft, as we talked about earlier, just to really drive home the importance of the message that we uncovered that day. And then to also let the girls have fun. These workshops are all about joy and having fun and learning amazing things with amazing people around you because they're meeting all these other girls who are also tuning into the principles of empowerment and um, and then we end it with a uh, juice. The girls like to call it a juicing party. But what we do is we set up a bar with fruits and vegetables and we invite the girls to create their own juicing recipes and we juice together. And after we've juiced, we sit and we talk about everything that they learned and their biggest takeaways for the day. And it's just, uh, I can't tell you when the girls walk out the door, like I am floating on a cloud. <laughs> it is the most beautiful feeling because I'm always there with the intention to teach them something. And what ends up happening is I'm the one who's walked away with new information, new knowledge, and a new way of looking at the world. So it's it's just beautiful. This is so good. I'm floating on a cloud listening <laughs> to, I want to go to this workshop, but everything that you're saying, I've always thought it's the skills that our kids need to be learning in school that, you know, I wish as an adult I had learned in school, but there's just, it's not, our system's not set up that way. But everything you said are the skills that are going to allow you to succeed in life. And by succeed, I mean, have the life that you want. So how amazing to have a space where girls can actually learn these things. I love too that you're focusing on creativity. Creativity is something I've sort of been beating the drum on lately because it's so important. And as a kid, that was such a big part of my life. My mom was an art teacher. And then it kind of dropped away in my busy adult life. And it's something that I've really actively been trying to bring back into my life. And I know my mom was always such a proponent when we were in school. You know, art was the first thing that got cut with budgets. And she was always a proponent of that it's really important, that it teaches us different skills, it uses different parts of our brain. And so I think we're kind of starting to get that now, but it's still lacking. And I think it's so important, especially like as you're still being formative, right? You want to teach girls to to dream and be imaginative and, you know, just expand. The, and I think creativity is so important for that. And you know, I'm into the juicing. So I, I, I love <laughs> that. That sounds really, really amazing. So you guys, I'll be linking everything in the show notes. So you can definitely go there if you want to learn more. But let's get to this last pillar, self-love. It's love, but it's really self-love. And we've touched on this a little bit. But I think this is another big obstacle we as women and girls have in particular. What are your thoughts on self-love and how we can cultivate more of that in ourselves and in our girls? Oh my goodness. This is like a whole topic for a whole other it's a workshop, right? It's a whole workshop. It's a whole workshop. You know what? I will share with you what we do in our workshops. I think that's, that's how I want to talk about self-love. What we do is we ask the girls to take a mirror. We hand out mirrors and we ask them to look at themselves in the mirror and share something that they love physically, which is, you know, it's, it's good to love the, the body that we're in, right? That's really important. But what's even more important is to love our insides and our hearts. So we ask them to take that mirror and hold it up to their heart. And we said, if, if your heart was looking in the mirror, what would she see? And that's when they start talking about all of the important qualities within them. I am patient. I'm a good friend. I'm kind. I'm gentle with myself. All of these things it's really, really important that we tune into our own love, what, what we love about ourselves. It's really important that we fall in love with ourselves first. We're always being talked to about falling in love and, and finding a partner or even like a, a best friend. And the truth is until we find that inner love, none of that is ever going to be real. It's just not. Mm -hmm. 
And we, we can't look to outside relationships to inform who we are on the inside. So this self-love game, it's really an inside job and uh, to really just tune into who we are, to find ways to love ourselves every single day and to love ourselves, as we talked earlier about, through the failures, through the mistakes, through the hardships. That's when the self-love muscle is really being tested, but there's always an opportunity for self-love and we've just got to claim it for ourselves. Really crucial. I really want to start thinking of self-love as the new fairy tale. Can we do that? Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. Let's oh teach our God. girls that. Can we create like a Disney movie yes. that's all about self-love and not waiting for her prince and yes. not you know needing to change in some way so that her prince will love her or find her. I love that. I love what yeah. you just said. Like it's percolating in my brain right I now. I know, right? I feel like that. Frozen started to get it right with the sisters being the true love. But how about right. we make self-love be the real fairy tale? Because I agree with you. It's where it all starts. And I love this idea that girls could be doing that work at a very young age because it's so impactful on how the rest of your life flows. Well, I'm going to turn it over to you for a minute. Melody, is there anything else you want to share that we didn't touch on before we wrap up? You know, Christy, you ask such incredible questions that oh, I, I know I, I feel so full and elevated from this conversation. And I'm just so grateful for you and for your platform and for sharing it with me today. This is amazing. Well, I loved our conversation so, so much. This is definitely filling me up. So thank you so much for being here. And just one last time, if anyone wants to learn more and get more details, where can they find you? I hang out on Instagram a bunch at Girl Life Empowerment, G-I-R-L-I-F-E Empowerment. And then my website is getgirlpower.com. And that's pretty much it. Come hang out with me. I, I would love to meet you. <laughs> yeah, such important work. So thank you so much for this great conversation and for being here today and giving me your time. I appreciate this so much. And I think there's a lot of powerful messages in this episode. So I cannot wait for everyone to hear it. Thank you, Christy. If you love what you're hearing, please go ahead and leave us a review so that we can keep the empowerment flowing. Also, be sure to follow along on Instagram at Girl Life Empowerment. And I would love for you to check out my newly released book, Empowered Women, Empower Girls, across all Amazon platforms. I'm so grateful for you. And I can't wait to talk to you again next week.